Everybody, welcome to another installment of Show to V with Mike G, the show of life, the show of wheat, the show of pastries, French New Wave, France, 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 and vodka. It is my absolute pleasure to finally get to share this amazing chat with the creator of Gregus himself, Mr. Francois Thibault. An amazing opportunity to sit down with the man, the charismatic personality, with the help of Julian from Bicardi, translating to have this amazing conversation about where Francois is from where he was driven to create Grey Goose, how he worked with and in Cognac. So many amazing things, and this is no finer way to wrap up Grey Goose Week at the show. First talking to Ian Riley, the new Texas ambassador for Grey Goose Vodka on Monday, and now talking to the man himself where it all began. So I hope you guys enjoy this great chat with the creator of Grey Goose, Mr. Francois Thibault. How was the, the rest of the night at Roosevelt? Did you guys head over there afterwards? Uh, it's a night actually when like any other night, but it's really about meeting all the, the people and the passion and sharing the passion that they have for this industry, really. A good city for that. Have you felt pretty welcomed since you guys got here? Uh, more than feeling welcome, I feel like they were waiting for it. <laughs> <laughs> Ten years in the making, right? It's been uh -huh. 10 years. Ça fait 10 ans. Why, did, uh, why do you think it took so long to get back? Ah, it's, more, it's more than five years, for sure. Ans, maybe not 10 years. À peine, à peine ans, uh, but he said, they haven't forgotten me, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> we, we do not forget. And the cocktails last night are yet another great way to share with Francois, you know. Oui, Good opportunity, cette, obviously, passion, like to have a chat, you know, with François, exchange, you know, some ideas and everything. And he said, you know, all of the, the guests I would say he met yesterday night, all the people he met yesterday night, he could share a passion with. So it's a lot easier when you start doing that. And obviously, yet there is a, a kind of pride, a kind of honor, a sense of honor, like to, to welcome someone in your bar one way or another. Um, uh, any guests obviously welcome but it's uh, always nice you know, because we share leur, common, leur common grounds common passion again and there is kind of a, a sense of intimacy intimacy in a bar and, and it's that's what a bar should be all about as well it's like you kind of go there to relax you kind of go there to be yourself and have a little bit of time to yourself too even you know regardless of the size of the group you go with that's right intimacy those kind of connections if I was to come to Cognac would I receive the same treatment from Francois? Uh, oui, sauf que moi, je l'aurais pas. Je couldn't have done the same cocktail This is true. We, you know, we recently spent some of our honeymoon time in France, and we came back with a couple things. And a couple things I want to talk about is we talk about Francois' career. First thing is, why is French pastry the best thing in the world? First of all, before I answer the question, I'm going to say that if you come back to France without telling me, I won't be happy at all. <laughs> all right, deal. No problem. C'est fait. 
Alors, quant à la signature so de notre, two things, really, de notre two, pain two things français, that makes the pastries, étrangers, some of the la best, baguette, not the best in the la world. So the first thing is obviously the skills from the bakers. Um, we've got fantastic bakers in France. It's a skill that has been given from generation to generation. I would say it's traditional, very traditional. Lots of different techniques that are used, um, but following very much so the same rules sometimes, you know. Um, and the second thing is obviously the ingredient. Like the the quality of the ingredients um, are key, obviously, to the to the flavor, to the taste of the pastries, and this is something that we're really proud of in France. And obviously, this ingredient is the wheat cereal, which is of, I mean, as we kind of keep talking about the vodka, it's at the core of Grey Goose, that wheat, that winter wheat. Well, so this story starts out with Francois basically being born into winemaking. His father was a winemaker. But growing up in the Cognac region, what was day-to-day -day like? What kinds of things did he enjoy doing as a child there? Alors, Obviously, de, before um, de hobby, uh, talking about what he enjoyed uh, doing, one et, thing uh, that parents, you know, he, he, he thinks is really important uh, growing uh, up was to, allé, to be understanding and listening uh, to what mes parents, his parents had to offer to him, I would say, in terms of understanding you know, his surroundings. Uh, and one thing that his parents were big on was nature. Because they were trying, obviously, and they were working with nature, being winemakers. Um, and this is something that was really important to him. It's like understanding his surroundings, um, you know, and enjoying nature. That was the key of what his parents gave to him. You know, one thing he was doing is spending a lot of time in nature. And obviously, you know, in France, we've got, we've got plenty of that. We've got like lots of different, I would say, ingredients all around us all the time. Like we've got, we make lots of cheese, we make wine, we make champagne, we make, you know, there is a lot of things that we grow. Um, it's a big part of our culture and it's something that Francois was really, you know, deep into, I would say, even growing up uh, from a young age. So that's something that actually influenced him so much like throughout his life and that pushed him to you know go towards you know wine and winemaking obviously you know being very very influenced by his family because we have so much technology we often get farther and farther away from nature do you think does francois have a deep kind of connection with nature on a maybe a spiritual level does that make sense He's not entirely sure that we disconnect from nature, really. It's more people who are living in, in cities that actually feel this. What's, what's interesting is that I think if you're in a city, you're probably not hearing the, the message from nature. But if you, if you live there, if you live in a nature, which is Francois' you know, day-to-day life, he lives you know, in the Cognac region, there's obviously quite a, quite a lot of it around there. And, and this is, I think you get a sensitivity to it and you actually listen to it rather than trying to, to have to hear the message. One example he's got about like being disconnected from nature is, is a show he was watching recently um, or he was listening to. But a lot of people actually don't realize anymore, specifically in you know, the younger generation probably, that um, there is a season for vegetables and fruits. Um, because most of the time, especially when you live in a city or depending on the country, you can import them from everywhere. So they're available year-round. And 
That's correct. That so and and uh, you know people are disconnected uh, because they actually don't realize that there is a time uh, in the year that this fruit should be available aliments, and uh, a time in the year where you know, nature probably don't produce as good a quality or, or maybe it's not uh, almost natural to have it. So this is something that slowly unfortunately is creeping in and and you know is making a difference about disconnecting people from nature. Et ça, c'est un comportement qui est, est un peu scary because, um, because it leads to a different behavior. And this behavior is the fact vis -vis it is, is uh, you know, reflected by the fact that I would say leur, leur people are more worried about the price of an ingredient um, or the price of a fruit or a vegetable at a certain given time during the year rather than to understand if it's actually available for a natural reason. Or not. So it's it's this is something that is um, fairly scary, I would say. Oscar Wilde, say Oscar, Oscar Wilde say, les <laughs> yeah, the young generation wants to know the price of everything, but they don't know the value of it. Oh man, yeah, that's kind of profound. Mm. Oscar Wilde <laughs> can do that. Hundred years later, right? I know, I know. <laughs> Gravitas. A, I know exactly. Very, very, very good. Nothing. Yeah, everything is a cycle. It is. <laughs> Nothing really changes. Well, then it, it comes as no surprise that that deep connection to nature, growing up there, having it surrounded by you, your parents, rather Francois' parents making wine, that he had to follow in those footsteps, that passion. Was there at any point a different path, a different profession for Francois? Saying, he, he, didn't, he never really imagined doing anything else because nature um, taught him so much while he was growing up. That's, that was for him the only thing that he was seeing and the only thing that kind of made him happy or made sense. So he said, you know, for him, he, was, he felt it was his destiny to work with nature. And again, if he, if he had one advice for someone to follow would be sometime, you know, it looks like you're destined to do something. So if that's your destiny, you probably should try and do it. <laughs> Et pour terminer sur ce France, sujet, je pense in que France, we've got en France, a lot of a tradition, a lot of heritage coming from teaching the younger generation like, you know, some skills or a way of life. You know? So what's interesting is that François believes that if it's your destiny and, and if you can have a mentor, someone to show you a way or, or to you know, kind of give you something a part of the experience for you to learn to learn and, and progress and you should really be sensitive to it and be receptive to it in order to be able to do the same thing for the next generation on peut dire ça mais moi j'ai eu cette chance and François really had the chance to do this twice already in his lifetime he first had obviously his parents giving him all the advice and bringing him It, this connection with nature um, and the second time was obviously when he was working in in the cognac house and had the cellar master showing him the ropes and you know teaching him a way of making spirit and and kind of expressing his skills and creativity yeah so that there's wonderful chapters there's the formal education at the university of bordeaux where he studied winemaking there is all of those years making and learning how to distill cognac And those are all deeply rooted in tradition. So where does someone that is so deeply French and so deeply rooted in tradition get the crazy idea to make a vodka in France? How, how does it feel to break tradition? 
He says, like, when you have a, a certain experience, there is always um, there is always a part of you that's hidden, you know, that you, you kind of have on the back of your mind, and um, and sometimes life throws you a challenge. So when this challenge comes, either you accept it um, and you try to make it happen, and you kind of go beyond what you can do already, um, and that's the decision François decided to do. The chose, la première, c'est que you know, Teaching, comme la, um, la culture, teaching and transmitting skills to someone has got limits uh, at niveau some point. You know, like the limit skills of the teacher or the way you can, where you can take. But um, what's got no limits is passion and inspiration. Et la deuxième chose usually, can of course Mark Twain on, on a, a, a powerful word that he believes in. Like they didn't know it was impossible, so they did it. Knowing no limitations. That's very, very key. It's innovation. So we're here about 20 years after the inception of Grey Goose. In a way, Francois was a pariah because the country turned their noses up to a man making vodka in France. In these past 20 years, how has the French culture changed the way that they have thought about Grey Goose? So 20 years is not a long time in the life of, a, of you know, a brand, any brand, really. Um, it comes from a region that's, you know, have been producing spirits for 300 years. So it's only like a drop in the ocean. But what he realized, though, is that when he created it, he was 20 years younger. <laughs> Well, in France, you know, we, we deeply rooted in our heritage. And sometimes people have got difficulties to understand that you can do something that is not new and that's not necessarily what you're just there to do. So come thinking outside the box and you know, doing different things. So I think what the success was for François after a while was to show that you can do this and you can actually think outside the box but still apply what you've learned throughout your life and, and just make it successful. So that was the success of Grey Goose. It's like showing people also that you can make something different and you can, you know, yeah, exactly, be a pioneer rather than following. J ai, j ai la passion du vin. He's got the passion of wine, he, he's got the passion of making uh, spirits, so he doesn't see why he should have, de, you know, had a limit of his passion uh, and of uh, what he can create uh, or what he could create. Donc ça me so assez that was naturel, uh, a great thing for him to do. So you can't, you can't forbid someone who loves music to play different instruments. Ah, makes sense. So being known as someone that is innovative, pioneering, breaking, the rules, does that expectation for that next product, that next innovation from Francois, how does he feel about that? Is there pressure there? Alors, soyons modestes, je ne vais pas créer quelque chose de nouveau tous les jours, mais c'est vrai que j'ai apporté euh, des petites touches euh, say, let's, let's be honest, I'm not going to be able to create something des, new um, every day, but um, it's uh, always mais, important to try and you know, do something different um, to try to push the boundaries of what you can do, um, be, still be on point, be creative, be innovative, but also let the others judge you know, what you do and see how they react to it as well. Innovation only comes from the creation of the person who wants to express it, but again the success only comes from people on the receiving end, so usually the consumers, yeah. 
Mais c'est vrai que j'ai cette chance de, like de constater there is maybe no, it's not about fans around the world, euh, but it's got um, some people who appreciate des, des really um, why did you know with Grey Goose and obviously which hopefully helped the vodka category, which at a point where it was you know quite standard and it kind of gave them the opportunity to enjoy vodka, like I would say. On the level of a brown spirit or the spirit that you taste, neat, yeah. Les you know, ne painters are never um, really popular until they die. You say, I had the chance and the opportunity <laughs> to have something popular before then. That's, so that's, that's a, a great point. <laughs> Is the talent and the process of paying it forward as he passes on here at some point, has he bestowed that on his sons? Do his sons know how to distill? Do they know the industry like their father? Alors j'ai la chance d'avoir euh, trois trois enfants. Euh, J'en ai deux qui sont partis dans d'autres dans d'autres métiers. Mais j'ai une fille euh, qui a so got, étudié um, la, la cuisine et qui a to have three kids. Uh, two of them Donc, chose a different path. Il y a probablement une, une transition fibreuse. Uh, Training to be a chef, and he says there is maybe a fiber there, something that you know was transmitted, like something that can grow. So we'll see. We shall see. I I think that the female perspective on spirits is something that is very lacking in the industry. So it'll be very exciting to have the lineage from a woman to come and perhaps impart her flavor. So I've got a couple questions left for you guys. I know you're heading to San Antonio here just shortly. So this Texas tour, what has been the main objective? Why are you guys doing great things and traveling the state of Texas, sharing Great Goose? What is there to talk about this time? Well, there is a few things, really. Um, I think it's always important, and it's always been um, Grey Goose behavior to actually come back. Uh, first of all, to say thank you to, to the Grey Goose drinkers and to the consumers. And, and again, um, we want to be able to share our passion. Uh, François's passion, especially when we've got the chance to have him over here. That's what he loves doing, as you probably noticed already. Um, and this is something that I appreciate doing too. So it was a great opportunity to come, um, talk to everyone that, you know, on a regular basis um, is really um, making or believing in Grey Goose and using Grey Goose in their bars or even talk to the consumer and kind of um, try and give them an opportunity to understand what Grey Goose is all about, how it's made, um, the importance we've, we've put around the ingredients and everything that we actually uh, do to make it a fantastic spirit. And so this is something for François that's really important. It's, um, he's been traveling a lot, obviously, since the success of Grey Goose, so it's very um, important for him to come travel and get the energy from you know, the people and the crowd he kind of see around. So it's always a great opportunity for him to come over, get some nice little attentions as well um, from for the Grey Goose drinkers, uh, in a sense that you know, he's always wanting to create something new for them and kind of create a new experience. So. What's interesting is like the vodka category has always been a little bit impersonal, so like it's always been quite difficult to connect with vodka in general because, um, because of the lack, I think, of personality behind them. So missing someone that you can actually physically link with the vodka. So a journalist said to François once on one of his first visits to the US, it's 
qui veut dire que c'est fantastique actually be able to put a face on a vodka and like you know connect with someone who actually got a passion and and understand why they did what they did and i think when you talk to francois when you talk to, to yourself julian you get that connection to the people to the the nature which is what we lose when we're thousands of miles away of where this is made where gregory's is made so i know you guys are heading now i've got one last question for you and you know i had what i would consider the privilege of speaking with francois at, at length last night and i get these characteristics of alchemy of composition a maestro of sorts so to me if francois could be anywhere in the world sipping a fine vodka, Grey Goose, a cocktail, wherever, and he could have any person living or deceased to share that drink with and have a conversation, who would he like to have a chat with? Très honnêtement, mon père. His father. Did he ever get a chance to share Grey Goose with his father? Bien sûr. He said, obviously, that's the first person he thinks about. Uh, he unfortunately lost him recently. So it's, um, you know, it's something that's really close to his heart because he used to share everything with his dad. Um, all his successes, all his you know, little things in life. Uh, so they used to share Grey Goose together, of course, um, because it's one of his big success. Um, but this is you know, something that's really important, the link between and the relationship between the father and the son because... Um, you obviously look up to them to inspire you and to show you the way, so to speak, uh, which was very important for François, but they also can be really proud of their son most of the time. So, en parlant de voyage, you know, with all those travels and all this, you know, going around, um, this is not about where you're going, it's always about where you're from and where you're starting from. So it's always, it's always you know, very important for François, it's from his region, um, with his family. So that's what, you know, is the base really of every, every single uh, travel. When you're coming si back to se, se coming back home, euh, you reprendre de l'énergie, like charge et those batteries la, again, la and you're ready to go, la, and then you go la, and la spread this energy that you've been accumulating all around the world, <laughs> and then you come back. Well, it's it's really been a pleasure, and I appreciate Picardy arranging this, and Julian, thank you so much for translating Francois. Such a merci beaucoup to both of you. You guys travel safe to San Antonio. I think there's a lot of great conversations and sips still left to be had. So wonderful work. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, there we have it. The creator of Grey Goose Vodka himself, Mr. Francois Thibault, an amazing gentleman, a man who lights up the room, has a rich, rich history and tradition and in cognac and spirits and food. So many amazing things. And I cannot thank Bacardi enough for making this Happened. It was an amazing opportunity to see the man who we've all probably seen on those clever TV commercials, and you'll see him wearing a fine suit wherever he goes, and that's something you have to admire about him. Always classy and always intriguing. So thanks, everybody, for listening to Show to V with Mike G. No matter if you're thinking vodka's on the upswing in popularity or not, or if you're thinking, man, love season two on Netflix, even though I'm mentioning it again, it's kind of making me feel a little down. Please... Keep dancing.